Well, we're back. This is this is um, <laughs> session <laughs> session zero of of a brand new thing that we're going to be doing, which is I'm pretty excited about. I'm I'm actually like super nervous about um, about Good. this campaign. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, I've done a bunch of prep, but I feel still like I've got so much more to do. So should be good. Should be good for like, I think I've prepared like a good three to five uh, sessions so far, which is, I think, on track. Well, it'll probably yeah. take us about 10 then. That's what I'm hoping. That is what I'm hoping for sure. Yeah. Mm. Um, and for, for people that have tuned in to see John and Joe, well, I've got some more bad news for you. Just <laughs> Jojo's. Um, I think Joe's in the chat tonight, uh, and John's probably oh. just enjoying his Monday nights for the first time in a long time. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, one thing's for sure: he didn't enjoy them when we were playing with him on Monday nights. He, yeah. he loathed it. He was always saying that. <laughs> um, and uh, for those who may have skipped all of Curse of Stride and didn't know that Reese didn't play in that, here he is. He's back. He's back. Oh. Yeah. Um, Reese, thank you so much for uh, joining us for this. It's oh, been my pleasure. It's been a very, very long time. Um, Looking with, forward to it. Without you in the, in the stream. Um, who have we got? In, I just want to say hello to who we've got in the chat tonight as well. Um, looks like we have Squished, uh, Cappuccino, Drop Shadows here, Hoju the Elder, um, Lyndon Hood's here. Uh, Jerison So is the... Um, the Morley fan, the one who wanted more Morley, uh, and and they're here as well. Uh, but thank you to everyone who's who's joining us. Uh, Relative, uh, yeah, that's what I thought. I feel like it's someone that Adam knows, just trolling him. <laughs> the only no, explanation for someone enjoying my portrayal of Morley in your mind is that someone wishing to troll me. It's the only other explanation. And they're a blood relative. <laughs> <laughs> my blood relatives don't enjoy my work. Um, let's have a quick look at anything else that's happening in the chat. So good. Um, who's the new guy? This is there's not any new guy. That's Reese. If you if anything, you you should know him as Sig. So, but he is. He, but do, you can't re recognize him because he looks completely different. Right? Yeah. That yeah. is true. That is. I'm. Um, <laughs> I love that you've come dressed up uh, for this session. By the way. Reese, thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> um, I feel inferior. <laughs> yeah, underdressed, eh? Finally. Day. Finally. <laughs> uh, how do we want to start this? At the beginning. Uh, let's yeah. uh, let's talk characters again. Since since Reese, since you are all dressed up. Um, obviously, this this campaign, this new is a new campaign, new characters, <laughs> a fresh start uh, for everything here. Um, and it's a homebrew one, so there's a lot of pressure on. Uh, for me, I'm putting the pressure personally on. Um, uh, but because you can't blame blame I can't the say writer like, of the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I did a lot of. I just put a whole bunch yeah, of yeah, yeah, constant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even the tech issues. Blame it on the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were. It was weird that they built those into the campaign. Oh, it's yeah. Really strange. Oh, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, so, Reese, do you want to tell us... We'll start, I reckon, by talking about the characters because I know 
Uh, we've got a, we've got two of the characters fleshed out a bit more. I think the third one was being fleshed out today, which is great. Um, but we still need to sort of understand a little bit about how they all come together and and what they're who they are. So I figure since we've already touched on the fact that you're dressed up, Reese, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your character for Caldera's Call? Sure. Um, so good evening, everyone. Uh, you're looking at Biko Pinston's face currently. I'm still trying to work out a voice for him. I was going to go with maybe old school DJ Pico Minston voice. <laughs> or, it's, hi, I'm, I'm Pico Minston. And just talk a little bit higher, a little bit quicker. But I figured either of these voices might be super painful for hundreds of hours. So <laughs> I haven't figured that for out. For you? Yet. Everyone, probably. <laughs> music to my ears. Yeah. Um, with Sig, I tried to pick one thing and try to keep that consistent, which was just a teeny bit lower than what I normally speak, mm-hmm. and that was a struggle. So we'll, we'll see. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, Biko Pinston is a rogue, though um, in the campaign I will describe him as a pre-physician, which means he's he's like a physician, but he's not. Like he didn't become a physician, he was going to, um, and failed it that all miserably and the, mm. the yeah. flavor yeah. text around it is typically with a rogue you've got like sneak attack right and does a little bit more damage and blah uh, and how i thought i'd frame that is anatomical knowledge that oh you know if you stab them right in the tibia it really hurts so that would kind of be his his flavor on what that rogue is yeah cool uh so biko is a dwarf and he has starting equipment of two daggers and a short bow and he's 28 i think and he's got sort of grew up with a, a family of physicians and everyone was like, yeah, yeah, he'll he'll totally be a, a physician like everyone else, but he really sucked at it. Um, so more recently, he's been um, harvesting mushrooms for the family business, which are using in physician-y land for their, for their mushroom stuff. And uh, how he's going to sort of appear in the, the campaign and bump into other characters is that he's looking after these, looking for these really rare mushrooms which don't come from where he normally is. So it is out venturing forth. And it's kind of his first OE out further from the city and out from his family and out into the world. And it's kind of hoping that there's a bit more to his life than just mushroom collecting. Mm. Um, he's probably not going to um, know too much about the world around him. Like, oh, you guys do stuff differently here and that sort of jazz. Um, but yeah, it should be fun. I'm happy to field any questions or talk in a strange voice. <laughs> I'm trying to decide which of those two voices was my uh, favorite. The yeah. just I can smooth, oscillate too. Smooth tones of Her like choice. just a radio DJ throughout the entire the campaign, <laughs> or just the idea of just keeping you at the strained falsetto throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I reckon um, the high pitched one could have caused my throat cancer from earlier dude so <laughs> yeah. maybe uh-huh. i can just pretend i'm playing burnout and, and squeal every time my car drifts yeah and i can talk like that okay we'll see. you could change every time you eat a different mushroom you could have a different ah, voice i like that <laughs> um, well please eat another mushroom <laughs> <laughs> so he's a dwarf is he is he tall or short for a dwarf or is he just kind of like average dwarven height like what are we? Yeah, pretty pretty average for a dwarf, which is short for a human. Yeah. yeah. Um, you won't see my hips on stream at all. That's that's how short he is. <laughs> okay. 
Well, <laughs> you're letting down a lot of our user base here. Just... <laughs> yeah. Um, and is 28 old or young for a dwarf? Right? We haven't had That's any. Super young. That is super young. Okay. And I think even for people, it's pretty entry level. Uh, I'll see what other deeds I've got in this character. <laughs> entry level for a human's about one, so that zero yeah. sometimes. Sure, entry true. level age, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like right. um, it's the free tier, right? You, you just turn up for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. And so, I think, what kind of a dwarf is he? A mountain dwarf or a hill dwarf? Yeah, uh, definitely one of those. Mm-hmm. And the answer to that question is very near where I'm looking, but not close enough for my eyes to find it. So okay, let's, let's keep those as top two for now. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Okay, cool. Now, you, I think you put put out the idea that um, a way that all of the characters could know each other is that they were part of some kind of um, merchant group or sort of like a traveling merchant group. Is that what the idea yeah. was? So Hilldorfs use um, sort of merchant um, convoys <laughs> going between different large cities, right? So okay. you don't just want to go between a large city and Faerun uh, just by yourself. So a whole bunch of merchants and so on group together and be like, yeah, we'll hire Steve to be the, the guy that carries the weapon and get a whole bunch of people going between the different cities. Um, and Biko thought that would be a good way to talk to some people and get reliably to a destination he hasn't been before. Uh, and then potentially maybe a DM strolls in and things don't quite go to plan, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, are there any questions about Biko? From- Biko, I love that as a name. Any uh, any other questions from the others for now? We'll probably come back to it at some point. Um, but let's move on to uh, Adam because I know you've had some things, uh, some things about yours as well. Some thoughts. <laughs> I've, I've had you've some things, all right. You've been thinking about it. You've, yeah, it's a big old things. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Look, it's going to take a wee while for me to get back into the flow of this. It's been a well, very not, long not time to get into the flow of speaking the English language. Surely, presumably, you've been doing that while we have well barely. <laughs> Okay. Um, my character is Lovejoy Solomus. He is a human. He is a sorcerer. Um, the backstory of Lovejoy. He's the 10th son of a nobleman from a large city. As the 10th son, he was often overlooked or ignored. His brothers are far more involved in statesmanlike activities and carrying forward the family legacy. But not unloved by any means, but suffering from having very little attention from his family. At the age of 25, Lovejoy left the family manor and set forth on a journey of independent self-discovery, determined to forge his own path and character. After brief forays into blacksmithery, art, and animal husbandry, Lovejoy, or love as he likes to be called, has finally found his true calling, antiques. His passion for weird and wonderful trinkets led to a successful antiques business in the city of Greenbow. But as his clientele grew, so did the pressure to keep finding amazing and unique pieces. Four years into his blossoming career as an antiques dealer, Love did the unthinkable. He began forging antiques and passing them off to wealthy clients. It wasn't long before someone caught on and his reputation was in tatters, forcing him to flee under the cover of darkness and hit the road to rebuild his life. And maybe even his reputation. Eventually, he stumbled upon a merchant caravan where he set up a traveling business dealing in antiques and terrible artwork. Oh, hey, cool. Nice. Does he do the artwork? Some of it, yes. But but generally, like, I don't know if you've ever been to an antique store, but I have. And some of the artwork in there is just odd. 
And that's the type of like, uh-huh. I'm not talking like a I David see. Hockney or anything like that. I'm talking about, you know, just a weird piece that you'd go, who, who painted that? Who would buy that? It specializes <laughs> in a lot of who would buy that kind of stuff. Mm. Like if you go to the dump shop. Yeah. I mean, let's not besmirch the, the dump shop's good <laughs> reputation. But yeah, sure. The dump shop. <laughs> uh, what's what's Lovejoy's uh, race? He's a human. All oh, right. Okay. Cool. Just a human. All Just right. A plain old, absolute. Oh, how old is he? I was going to say <coughs> he's a bit older. Because um, you said he set off at twenty-five. Yeah, but I was I was rethinking that because the picture of the character in my head is a little bit of an older chap, maybe late late thirties. You know, his prime is sort of past him, mm-hmm. but he's not so old that he's going to be. You know, hobbling around a, an absolute, you know, oh, my knee's gone, I can't do any fighting. So, well, probably 30's probably not a good idea then because it did happen to me when I did 30. I do like that he went out, he set off at 25 to try and build back his reputation. He's like 30, late 30s now. Like, it's not happening. It's never going to happen, is it? <laughs> it's not, yeah. It is not happening. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, it's just getting worse. <laughs> The late bloomer. Yeah. Wait for his high school reunion is going to be fun. Um, so what he's does a he sorcerer. Look, what does he look he like? He, I, oh. So I don't know if anyone's seen the show Dickinson's Real Deal. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> okay. What's that fucking name? I, I, would, I would Google it. Um, Dickinson is the antiques guy off that. I'm thinking like a younger Dickinson, but dressing like the older Dickinson. Um, he's very orange, Dickinson, but I, I, probably, I don't need the orange part of Dickinson. Just the, yeah, he's the got look. the same hairdo. Half moon spectacles and kind of like a like a bouffant kind of hairstyle. Fantastic. Almost mullety, isn't it? It is almost yes. mullety, yeah. yeah. I think Dickinson might host Cash in the Attic as well, which is another show you could Google. Okay. He looks a bit similar to John Pertwee. Right? He does. He does. <laughs> yeah. Really relevant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> reference there of when the early Doctor back into our references out. like real quickly this is great oh my god yeah <laughs> and um, obviously Lovejoy the name is from Lovejoy the TV show about um, giving it away an antiques dealer oh okay cool nice. I don't watch many antiques TV shows no, I mean being honest. watch any of the shows I've referenced because they've been on air for the last 30 years but <laughs> yeah. yeah keeping it relevant I love it that is fantastic um, I forgot to ask, and I think I forgot to ask because you're already dressed up, but what does Biko look like? Have you thought about, mm. I mean, other than black shaggy hair and a black beard, um, I mean, that's kind of it really, isn't it? Okay, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> is, what's the, um, is it a hat or is it a hood? Leather helmet. Oh, leather helmet. Okay. Oh, um, this is like leathery armor as well. Okay. Uh, and I've got a sweet arm thing. Oh, nice. Um, okay, cool. Which Vico bought from uh, an antique dealer, maybe. That looks very. <laughs> it's not real leather, it's, my friend. It's probably an effectual <laughs> combat, we'll see. You know, when I went to Florence, the, which is like the leather capital of like Europe, they make a big deal out of like leather goods. And this guy hounded me. I was really looking for a wallet. I wanted to. This is. Oh, sorry, this is getting way off track. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Forget <laughs> it. You it. You're in there now. You cannot, you can't leave us hanging. Oh, actually, we just lost all our views. Just <laughs> this is a D&D story <laughs> for real. No, g- give us the story. Well this, well, this guy was like trying to get me to buy this wallet and he was like, it's real Italian leather, real Italian leather. 
and uh, I had no sort of thoughts that it wouldn't be. And then he, he got out this lighter to to demonstrate that it was real leather. And he said, you can tell it's real Italian leather because it won't burn. And he lit the lighter and he, he literally just passed across the, the wallet as quick as you can, <laughs> as quick as you can imagine. And I thought, well, unless that had been made of fucking rice paper, it wasn't going to be engulfed in flames. It was the worst demonstration. Anyway, I was convinced it was real leather, bought it. Because you saw his, you saw his demo, well, and you're just by, like, by that point, I, I was over now. it, and I was like, look, it looks sorry, like got it home, and then the company I was working for at the time, for whatever reason, had some guy come around every six months, was like selling like leather goods, and I went to him, and he went, are you interested? And I go, oh no, but I know this is an odd request, but could you tell me, could you take a look at my wallet and tell me if this is real leather? And he spent ages with it. He went, mate, I don't know what this is, but it's not fucking leather. Did he get out a lighter and just like just pass it no, under it? No, I told him the story and he just shook his head. And anyway, <laughs> the story is basically okay. I, got, I got conned in Florence. Okay, okay. Made from a fruit roll up. <laughs> <laughs> not dissimilar. <laughs> well, that is hell of a trick though, isn't it? Like, to your flame. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, look, it won't catch on fire. Nothing would at that speed. <laughs> it obviously works, though. It I does mean, that multiple times it. a day. Yeah. Okay, um, so human oh, sorcerer oh. called Lovejoy or Love. Is yeah. that right? Correct. That looks like John Pertwee. Well, looks more like Dickinson. Dickinson. Oh, Dickinson. Like younger Dickinson. Okay. But what is he wearing, though? Is he wearing a pinstripe suit? I imagine that he's wearing not a pinstripe suit, but like... Very much like tweed, like looks like he stepped out of an old English country manor. <laughs> okay. Okay. All yeah. right. And half moon spectacles, definitely. Nice. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. And is he a bit of a con artist? Well, is he straight up? I think he's he's trying to be reformed, but the pressure often often gets to him to have something new and something interesting. And and the other thing is, I think he's always pretending he knows a little bit more about the subject than he actually does. Oh yes, this is a you know one of these things uh-huh. from this era. It's an original, but n- not really sure. Not really in a trying to hoodwink people or you know be totally deceitful, but in a I'm embarrassed about my lack of knowledge and I will try and cover it up <laughs> like a half guess, like a man half knowledge you might say. Yeah. <laughs> okay, like a man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is he the sort of person that would sell a leather wallet by putting a flame under it? Absolutely. Okay, all right. I got it. I got it. Or a leather gauntlet, which isn't real leather. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. To an unsuspecting prephysician. Don't go putting that gauntlet under any sort of over any flame. Yeah, that will go up like that. It's a fire hazard. (laughs) Yeah, block a flame with it. Do you have uh, do you have a voice in mind for the for um, love? I think so, but um, I might leave it until gameplay to to unveil okay. it i'm still i'm still refining it it's got a bit like reese said it's got to be sustainable yeah 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 okay cool uh any are you familiar with the actor bob quatt goldthwaite <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well he did it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. for he years uh okay, any other questions for for love at this point uh, yeah what is this like a sorcerer are they the ones that have just, the um, What demon? is a sorcerer? I like it. <laughs> well, what's oh, the difference yeah, between like yeah. a, a wizard and a... Has a sorcerer got a... Um, they have signed a pact, or is that a different thing? That's, That's a, a warlock. I think sorcerer is oh, okay. talent, right? Wizard is trained, like with books mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, okay. Yeah. So I've he's somehow to... like a bit magic. Yes, and 
this is from I think I've yet to discuss this or confirm this with Reagan, but there's this idea of wild magic, mm. and yeah, I've yet to look into fully how it works, but. I guess when spell casting, there's an element of like some wild magic may also happen, which may cause like stuff on a table of wild magic. That's right. Mm. I remember us talking about that. That was that's awesome. There's kind of like any time you, is it, I'm not sure if it's any time you do a spell, but then you roll a d20, and if uh, if you roll a certain number, then you roll off this um, uh, table yeah. as well. It's once per turn. The DM can have you roll a d20. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> um, and I've from I did some quick sort of uh, googling on what people thought of of that uh, situation. They said unless you're asking them to do it every time they do anything, it's it's not it's not worth doing because there's such a, a such a low chance of it ever actually kicking in. So yeah. if you only oh. ask it once or twice a session, it's just there's no point even having it. So because yeah. it's. You roll a d20, and if you roll a one, that's when the wild magic would happen. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's um, so a five percent chance. And yeah, which is that one low. is a TPK, I imagine. Um, I think there's one of them on the table is basically. Uh, oh, here we go. Wild magic. Um, you just cast a fireball at level three on yourself. Ooh. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, is um, that a bit- what? So you is roll there any a, good ones? You, yeah. Well, you roll a d20 immediately after you cast a sorcerer spell of first level or higher. If you roll a one, then you have to roll on the uh, wild magic surge table. So it's like it's almost like uh, your spell um, over like overloads basically. Um, and you roll a d100, and there's just a bunch of stuff on that list. Um, so it can be have, like good things. Some of them have like a 2% chance of happening. Some of them have like a little higher. Um, so there's things like you regain resistance to all damage for the next minute. So yeah, so there are good okay. things, but there are also like um, TPK stuff in here. Dang. Because like, you, um, yeah, so it's like a 2% chance of just casting fireball centered on you. So at level one, if that occurred, like, and you're all near each other, that's game that's game over basically yeah but it sounds like you know i think it would go well with the character <laughs> i thought that would be quite good there's some good Imagine ones. if we all died like that that'd be fine uh, yeah because the the fireball's at like level three so it's a decent it's a decent spell being cast which is why reagan and i talked about whether we'd want to use it or not mm. i'm totally down oh, for it do you want to <laughs> use it or because it's like, so the chance of you getting that fireball is like 2% of 5%. You know, you have to get a one first and then you have to roll two very specific numbers to get that fireball. Yeah, that never place. happened. <laughs> it could be a good strategy, right? Like sneak up to the bad guys and just keep like sparking sparks in your hands like thousands of times until it goes, <laughs> <laughs> <Until> you explode. <laughs> my personal nuke. So he's a kamikaze. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Do the thing. Do, do the thing. Uh, Cappuccino is uh, in the chat is saying, "Please do wild magic," which I I agree. After reading about it, it seemed like it does sound fun. It, it does. It sounds super cool. So, um, well, you could you could change yeah. the table to be like all themed around Dickinson's real deal, <laughs> and like <laughs> he, he produces <laughs> produces a fan of money. You know, there's certainly a lot of work. Money is produced. I don't know if the lore of Dickinson's real deal was rich enough to 
furnish an entire wild magic. I'll tell you what, if you can create a, a table, a D100 table of Dickinson's stuff, I can make some amendments for sure. I love how we've all just accepted that this is a bit of a common cultural touchstone that we can talk about. Dickinson's real. <laughs> I don't even... Hands up, hands up if you've genuinely ever seen an episode. Okay, just... Hands up if you've heard of it before Adam just brought it up. I've, I've seen him. I definitely have seen him. <laughs> yeah. Good. Um, Lap Kiwi in the chat said he saw one. There you go. Hey. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, Worth it. So it's very, very well known by the sounds of things. But yeah, I'm very keen. So normally the rule, as written, it says that once per turn, the DM can have you roll a D20 if you do a spell of first level or higher. If we're doing Wild Surge, it will be. If you're doing a spell, uh, roll a D20 along with it. It'll be literally every spell. <laughs> All good? Is that good? Okay, cool. Uh, Shannon, what about you? Now, I don't yeah, know if okay. you I know that you were sort of rolling around some ideas for your uh, character today. Um, why don't you tell us mm. what you got? Yeah, I've been mulling it over in my head for a while. Mm. I was thinking, oh, am I going to use like a gnome character or something? But I wanted to be a cleric. Okay. So that's set. And I think I'm going to be a human cleric called Gildan Glowbone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I've got your hands in your Gildan. In your Gildan Goldbone? Glowbone. No, Glowbone. Glow Glowbone. Bone. Glowbone or bow? Glowboner. Bone. <laughs> no, it's, it's freak. <laughs> Glowing boner. No. The, the thing is, the glow, the Glowbone part came up as, like, you know, it, it suggests names to you. It suggests oh, right. names to you when you're making it in D&D &D Beyond, and it's like, okay. You were like, it's, I'm not going to get better than that. <laughs> <laughs> Sold. It's, it's, um, yeah, okay, fair enough. I've been gilded, gilded, gilded goldbone. I liked <laughs> oh, yeah, it's similar to gilded, but gildon, gildong, gildong <laughs> glowbone. Okay, good. No, golden dong glowbone. <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy behind D&D Beyond just cracking up. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, they've got to be screwed for a couple of years. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I thought because he's a cleric, he's going to be the uh, – you have to choose a, um, a deity basically mm. and he's going to be following the god of light. I'm not some so boner-based god, No. The bone maybe just came from his family, bone family. Okay. The boners. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Gildan sounds golden. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So that's, that's going to be human, cleric, that is um, got the, the god of light. The god of light. Two humans mm -hmm. in the team. Nice. Yeah. Um, okay, what, is, what does your guy look like? Which, uh, uh, well, which obsolete he's... UK TV show are we basing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John Pertwee. Um, I haven't really sorted this out, but you know he's he's got well he's got the ability to wear very heavy armor. Oh, and okay. he's a bit of a wall, I suppose. He's a bit chunky. He's probably got a big blonde mustache. I think. <laughs> Does he look He's about thirty five? Like the guy from Are You Being Served? He works behind the counter. Oh, see, I was picturing Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. 
Does he tear his shirt off every time? Like, he uh, Hulk Hogan. Uh, no, he's not that. He's not like cat. He's not like uh, super muscly. Okay. His, his strength is normal. It's like ten. Oh, okay. Um, so he's just a bit more solid than uh, he is strong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's like someone from Are uh, You Being Served? But <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, was it major? major <laughs> I forget. Um, no, that... Captain Mannering? No. That was Dad's army, wasn't it? Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's like something from Dad's army. Now we're cooking. Um, okay, so... He, all right, here's the thing, right? He has heard the voice of God always throughout his life, this light God. So that's sort of led him to being into being a cleric in the temple. He works in the temple, mm-hmm. but he's not actually really into it. In fact, he kind of finds it kind of tedious hearing God all the time because it's not the God isn't saying anything interesting. It's just talking about light all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and but he has other interests, so he's actually he got he got found out that he was embezzling money from the temple for about three years, and now he's has to pay it back. He's he's promised that he's going to pay it back, so he's leaving on a quest to somehow money so he, like he embezzled the money the money was just resting in my account and he goes he has to go to craggy island to pay the pay the money back was that, <laughs> i missed that part uh yeah yeah he looks like father ted because <laughs> father ted's a cleric oh <laughs> yeah how old and he's is, not that into he's how, not that into god how old is the gilded gold boom uh 35 Mm. Uh, oh, and he he spent all the money embezzled on he lost at gambling, so he's well into gambling. Okay, so we've got like three just like just losers, yeah, degenerates, <laughs> <laughs> just roaming the land, hoping to stumble across someone else that they can con. Yeah, a failed <laughs> physician, someone who's been searching for his reputation for the last fifteen years. Uh, and someone who owes his is basically uh, the people that raised him and trained him up money. Yeah. Okay. Although he's not like he's not a con artist per okay. se or anything. He uh, is good, um, but he's just has weaknesses for gambling. He's always on the lookout for money, but okay. he's not going to like steal money from a you know like a starving child or something. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Very right. judgy, Reagan. Well, well, none of us perfect. Sorry that you've led such a <laughs> monastic lifestyle that cannot be faulted. Um, well, it was more that I was like looking at um, the document that Joe put together for us for Curse of Strahd. And one of the things is like morality. What are we agreeing on in terms of the type of adventurers we want to be? So, mm. um, yeah. So the question is, are you guys uh, wanting to be like people who become heroes or is it about more selfish needs like what are you guys wanting out of um the kind of feel for for the characters as a as a whole the direction for the for the story if you've even thought of that i figure i figure lovejoy would be an accidental hero if a hero at all i don't think he's got a bad bone in him (laughs) glow bone um (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) but um but i think deeply like flawed um but that could be an interesting character arc i think you know always trying to be better always trying to learn from 
mistakes, maybe be better than you were yesterday kind of thing. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Um, similar vibes for Pico, I think. Um, he's like lawful good, but he's just not very good at things. So happy to help out and will obey the law and so on and be quite happy to save the day, but we'll probably trip over and fall on his face on the way. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, with the kind similar of... Similar for... Oh, yeah. Yep, similar for Gildan. He, he will... He's If I had to pick a alignment, it's chaotic good. So he's trying to do good, but he will constantly fuck it up, probably. Yeah. Um, and you guys see, the, like, um, the, the, one of the reasons I was wanting to know how you guys knew each other, I really liked the idea of this traveling merchants that you guys have uh, joined at some point um, that leads to the start of this campaign that we're going to do. Um is that I, ideally I want you to all kind of know each other, have spoken to each other, learned each other's backstories a bit more. You're you're a bit more. You, you may have been traveling for a few months or maybe a year already as part of this this group. Um, so definitely, uh, it'd be awesome if you guys can share uh, things that each other might know or um, bonds that have might have grown over the over the time uh, and like. I'm open to any of it, so if you guys have any sort of ideas that you think I know, Biko might like, uh, Gordon for some reason, I call it Gildan for some reason. Might like Gordon. deeply invested in the characters already. Biko <laughs> might like Gordon for some reason. I well, I don't want to. I don't, don't want to. I don't want to make those reasons. I, I want to sort of lean lean on you guys to grow those sort of reasons, if that makes sense. Um, Gordon's a good name, though. <laughs> Gordon, Gordon Gecko. Flash Gordon. <laughs> yeah. Two great Gordons you could take inspiration from. Who's Gordon Gecko? Wall Street. Oh. <laughs> I, I want to watch that. I haven't seen it, so. You haven't seen Wall Street? Nah. Have you seen Hot Shots? I'd like to. Two? I have. Yeah. yeah. I love you in Wall Street. Great. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so I guess there would have been like many round the campfire. Knights and this like traveling merchant yeah. caravan, right? Like, look, getting to know each other, sharing some damper. Yeah, they had damper when they yeah. were in like, scouts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Horrible yep. campfire yep. breed. How how um, big do you guys? Stick. How how big do you reckon the the merchant group is? Like, how many people do you think um, oh. make it up? We're going to say how big is the damper? <laughs> but how big? <laughs> Reese had a good. How big is good, the merchant group? Reese had um, a good idea that we were chatting about in. Um, in Discord, which was that one day that we woke up and the rest of the traveling merchant group had left without us, which I That's, really like. That is a hundred percent how our campaign is going to start. By the way, it's perfect. I've, I've already that. I've already built that into the opening sort of story. So yeah, that's um, good. Well, actually, we might as well go into that now as well uh, because I was wasn't sure if I wanted to bring that in during the opening moments or if it's better we talk about it now. But I want there to be like a reason that you've all just annoyed them enough to just leave you leave you in the middle of the night. It's like something that you guys mm. have done. Maybe you three have gotten along really well together or, or you're annoying them in some other way, but it's always the three of you um, that are, that's doing this thing and they've finally had enough and they've just, they've, they've abandoned you in the middle of the night. So what sort of, what sort of things is it? Uh, making... Well, my character would, 
and maybe it's making references from 30, 40 year old media. (laughs) (laughs) No, we haven't seen Wall Street. (laughs) No. Um, Um, We're all kind of not very good at things. So if there's a you know a merchant train of a bunch of people and mm. it's like, okay, you guys have to do the night shift and you guys, I don't know, pack the bags and we just always don't do a good job of things. And we've been on the same merchant convoy for a year or two going between the major cities. And they're like, yeah. oh, these losers again. You know, and they sleep in in the morning and you can imagine the guard just being like, yeah, sure, that's everyone. Let's, let's move on. Um, <laughs> right. Perhaps something like that. Um, I just want to say uh, we've had, uh, who was this? Natural 20s has just brought in a party of six with a rate. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. So much. We're just going through a session zero for a new campaign. So we're just sort of detailing how the characters know each other, trying to figure out all the little intricacies before we get started. So thank you for joining in. Um, but yeah. I feel like yeah. there's, sorry. Like there's things about each of us, which a large group could find not horrific, but not to their tastes and, and want to leave behind, right? You've got a essentially a preacher or someone who could be a bit of a religious zealot who that, that could He's get not that religious. Wick. Okay. Well, that's that. Well, great yes ending. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> You're he's right a cleric, but he's not, that, he's not that religious. Yeah, he's not that religious, but he is always trying to get people to sign up because it's pretty right, get money off them. Yeah. Well, there's okay. So you've got like a yeah, someone who's trying to convert you, and you've got maybe yep. maybe Lovejoy's sold some bung antiques or given some bad information on a regular basis to these people. Like, oh, that looks like it's from the Crusoeic era, but it's not. You know, what are you talking about? That's not what it is at all. Been found oh, out like a couple that. of times. Like they've purchased um, things with the idea of that they'll be able to sell it for heaps more elsewhere, mm, and when they mm. go to sell it, they're just like laughed at. Mm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Vika would be pretty good at giving poor um, physician advice as well. Oh, just <laughs> have a bit of you know, milk on that and then just leave it overnight. Keep it damp and it'll, it'll clear right up. People just wake it. Keep it damp. Yeah. Just waking up <laughs> with gangrene and stuff. Just like... <laughs> yeah. Oh, like like one of those uh, walking uh, one weird trick type thing from the internet. So it's like sleep with socks, uh, onions in your socks. and Yeah, doctors hate them. Literally, for <laughs> good reason. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So it's just kind of maybe it's like it just it's a happenstance that it's or just it's you three that they've collected. It's not that you guys have done anything as a group that's annoyed them. It's just individually <clears throat> they think they're better off to just. And we would have gravitated to each other as well. The three the birds of a feather merchant caravan. <laughs> And so it becomes easy for them to um, to go, oh, should we, those three guys, should we make sure they're sleeping in a certain way tonight and uh, we'll be up early in the morning, say no more about it. Mm. I think too. We're in like a bush or something. Super nefarious from their side of things. But like, look, let's just get a couple hours ahead of them. It'll be fine. And initially, if we see the convoy leave, there'll be a bunch of tracks. I'm like, yeah, we can totally catch up. But we don't take it potentially as seriously as we should. And maybe the rain comes past, and then there goes the tracks. Mm. And mm. You know, the time ticks on a little bit where we're like, ah, yeah, yeah, they're totally around the next bend. But being poor at life like we are, we potentially just veer off in a different direction. Yet That's again, fun. our own incompetence. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Old trusty <laughs> Three heroes, Three the likes donkeys? of which you'll never see. <laughs> because they're lost. Uh, they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> do we have donkeys? Did you say? Mm. Do we have anything like, do we have a cart or you will, with all of our shit or do we carry it? You will, uh, you'll know what you've got when we start officially with session, session okay. one. Um, so okay. you'll know what they've left you with versus uh, what they've taken. Yeah. But I don't imagine it's going to be too much because they're getting rid of you. They probably want to keep as much of stuff to themselves as possible, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, Three-legged donkey would be good. <laughs> Three-legged donkey. <laughs> yeah. Just like there's one annoying horse for some reason that they've left with you as well. <laughs> yeah. As long as it's not their donkey from Shrek. We're all good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cross those notes out. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe we should, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shrek roleplay. Just me putting Come on like an you. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy voice. That's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> And a Shrek voice. Everyone does a fucking Shrek voice anyway. That's true. D&D for there. Um, so one of the first questions on this uh, document as well is the tone. What sort of tone are you guys wanting this uh, this campaign to be in? Obviously, we went pretty dark serious. with Curse of Steel on Serious. Just like we want to do like encumbrance and making sure you guys hunt for food and eat it and stuff like that. <laughs> We'd die pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> I want every toilet break noted. I'll be keeping track of like your your bowel motions and bladder passing. <laughs> oh, you've rolled a one. That's another. Uh... <laughs> yeah, there's constipation involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a very bowel motion heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly detailed. Um. So yeah, and and with the sort of tone, do you how much humor do you guys want, and and when do we think it might go too far? Because I know we've talked about this in some sort of aspect before, but in general, out of out of the tone that we've had previously, as far as like jokes are concerned, um, it's been awesome, except for like one percent of the time. So in general, it's it's been fantastic for me. So I'd love to know what you guys think as well, or what you guys are wanting. I want that one percent just constant. <laughs> It's just like a, um, <laughs> no. hmm. it's tricky. Uh, I think I'm going to try and uh, be in character. You know, mm-hmm. I think Reese, you did an amazing job of being in character, and it sort of moved the game along. But it was still, in its own way, funny. Mm. I would say. Yeah, I, sorry, yeah. you go. <laughs> okay. Okay, it's going to be like oh, this. none of that during actual session. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think each of our characters would have their own sense of humor, right? Mm. Um, but still in a safer-the-internet type gauge. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's just that we, with um, uh, our first... Well, uh, Lost Mine of Fandalva was very sort of light and cartoony, I, I feel. And uh, as was kind of our uh, origin story for Morley, that was quite light and, and um, fun. Mm. And then Curse of Strahd was just like grim dark everything was kind of punished no good deed went unpunished um and it had like a very oppressive feel and if those are at different ends of the scale where are we wanting to sort of aim this one more towards i I like the grimness of strad yeah like but it was hard to do that over such a long period of time so maybe back it off a, a little bit from that 
Okay. And I still like to play with like lots of jokes and humor, but perhaps I'll make an effort. Well, not perhaps. I will make an effort to have less non sequiturs, like, you know, long. Probably like a good example would be not bringing up the time I went to Florence and got fleeced on a <laughs> non leather wallet. <laughs> uh, or, or, or say it in a D&D way. I mean, because it was a perfect example of, of your character then, actually. Mm. Someone in the you chat, know? by the way, um, by the name of Magnus Twitch said, uh, it's good to be careful with your characters that are too goofy. If you don't think a gimmick will still be funny in two months, it's usually best to axe it. And I think that's, I think that's great. Uh, it's a great point, yeah. by the way. Thanks for your advice on comedy. It's just that I've won several awards before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being. A that was months ago. <laughs> um, How about the others? How about uh, you, Shannon? From from Curse of Strahd to sort of Lost Mine, where would you oh, find the yourself? tone of the game? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I like both, but I mm. would say, yeah, I would like a sort of a heroic adventure where we end up doing exciting things that we wouldn't expect. Uh, we bumble into them or whatever, but in the end, we. Uh, managed to do some big things mm. i guess and and not uh, yeah not too um dark i guess okay no, no, like, no like uh two really. hour long funerary services like uh in curse of stride <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe not okay okay but, uh, <laughs> did get some good commentary on the woodwork of the coffins <laughs> yeah. so that was that was always good yeah um, how about you, Reese? Uh, from from sort of like more lighthearted to serious and uh, a bit more um, no, not punished, but I, I guess like de- like delving into the details of the of the misery that might occur in a story versus just if something bad happens, lightly touching it, that kind of thing. Where would you where would you fall? Hmm. Maybe a maybe a medium roast. Yeah. You know? So you've got enough content to sort of get you going through the story rather than. <laughs> Those villagers all got flayed and we're eating their flesh. Anyway, jokes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and not so far on the other side that we've all got PTSD and um, it's really tough going. So yeah, um, I think in using characters in-game humor when it works makes sense, um, but still have them um, have some, I guess, respect for the situation that they still want to survive the rest of the day. And potentially you, you might not be joking heaps if you're bleeding to death or that sort of thing so mm-hmm. somewhere around the middle perhaps could work yeah i think i think in general we do a good job of kind of making sure that there's fun when there needs to be fun and then there's seriousness when it needs to be serious i think i've learned that it's just like there are certain things that uh can be skipped over things don't have to be fully detailed all the time depending on how it is i don't want to end a session with you guys feeling like really shit about something oh i don't mind something bad happening and you guys feeling like something serious has occurred but i don't want anyone to come away from a session like legitimately down uh over how serious something might have been you know because uh, i think there mm-hmm. were a couple of moments during curse of strut that that absolutely occurred um and we just i just i want to avoid that unless you guys are really just hungry for more of that then we can just jump on that as well uh, but i personally am quite happy to move away from that um 
How do you guys feel about being betrayed by other players or the DM for major plot points? For example, a player is actually evil and poisoning you, or the DM has been pitting you against each other the whole time. Would you? Would that be fun? Would that be frustrating? Would you feel kind of violated by that? Um, in regards to like trust, or I, yeah, well, I would be okay with it if I was in on it, you know, right. and then I could play play it as you go along. If it's a surprise and you get backstabbed right at the end of the game or something, it's kind of mm. could be a bit shit. Mm. Yeah, there was definitely opportunity in Curse of Strahd for like, um, for example, when you picked up the the ice stuff and then you suddenly became power hungry, right? Though I was unsure about the best way to do those, as in, should I just sort of explain it to everyone and everyone just has to meta that their characters don't know it, but the players kind of understand what's going on versus when the mm. session ended talking to you privately, Shannon, and saying, okay, so what's happened is you've picked up this thing and now this has occurred and no one else is going to know that's what's happened. Um, and I, uh, mm. depending on what you, because I know a lot of, a lot of DMs do that. A lot of DMs have those kind of yeah. quiet moments um, secret moments between players. Yeah, notes and stuff like that. I think I preferred everyone knowing though, because everyone is knows what's going on as far as there's a role play going on mm, and mm. it's an overarching story. And if you can, if you know that, then you can play into it a bit better. If you don't, then you're like sort of bumbling around. And then at the end, it's like, well, what? <laughs> what did I just get ripped off for? Yeah, or, yeah, you know, yeah. A bit shit. I think it's more realistic if you have the maybe the conversation out of game and like let it let it play out, but it potentially creates a worse atmosphere if it's mm. like quite serious because then you got a bunch of players wondering, well, why is this one guy have suddenly become such a prick? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. I don't know. I'm undecided on it. I quite like not knowing uh, the idea of not knowing everything and, and like having some stuff mm. surprise me. Mm. But I guess I don't like the idea of like one of us as players having a hidden agenda from the start or something or right, independently right. acting to, to work against the group, right? Like we, we start the adventure in good faith as a cooperative aiming to do good. Um, and if something happens along the way, then it should be because of the story, not because someone just decides like, oh, I'm going to, my character's now going to be sneaky and seize an opportunity to do something devious. Yeah, yeah. That's like the typical, like, um, young group of D&D players where one of them's a rogue and they start like, oh, because I can steal things, I'm going to start stealing things from my party and stuff like It's just like, it just, it's not fun. It, like, why would they hang out with you? Why would your characters be sort of traveling together? Um, um, are there specific character arcs that you would like to play out for your characters? So you're you're obviously you've got like the um, character looking for his his redemption, or kind of trying to uh, find himself again. Is that something you want to have played out, um, Shannon? Your character, uh, Gilbert, he. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Go with us, he's got he's got like that uh, gambling thing so is that something that you'd like to have touched upon his gold bone um yeah well i definitely if i get my hands on money i'll probably be gambling it if that's all right okay with anyone but let me know if that is and i imagine i would just lose it it's just so terrible with money mm. uh, and the reason that he is out there, he's liked, he's well-liked at the temple. I think they understand that he's a bit like that. So, mm. But they just have to get rid of him so he can go and probably improve himself. So he tries to get people to sign up for the church because mm -hmm. they have to pay 15% of their income. 
Right. <laughs> and instead of sending it back to the temple, he'll probably gamble it. <clears throat> right. So if, that's, plays out, oh, if that plays out in the thing, that'd be good. I don't know what the outcome is. We'll see. Mm, I, th- mm. I don't need a predefined outcome for him. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's a bit of that. Um, what happens quite a lot in D&D campaigns is there's obviously your overarching story, and then it's up to the den to try and find means to get their each player character's like backstory involved and entwine it in and, and, and sort of resolve something. Is that something you guys are wanting? Are there mm. things you want to have resolved for your characters? Or are you happy just to stick to uh, the campaign story? Are there layers to, to what you guys are after? This is just to help me. Uh, yeah, it'd be nice if it played into it a bit, but I don't want to like take over from the sure. overarching story. But yeah, if there was some integration of, um, I mean, whatever I just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> but not, not take over, you know. But, but is there like a, 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 a character, other than just like a, a trait, which is the gambling stuff or that, you know, he's, he talks to his God, is there a, like an arc that you want your character to go on or is it just whatever arc he is, as long as the, his personality traits and his backstory is touched on, it doesn't really, there's no specific endpoint you're looking for. His, his goal is to um, make so much money that he mm. pays back the temple right. and then has, cool. has great life and he can uh, <laughs> gamble because he doesn't think he's gambling. He always thinks it's a sure bet. Cool. So uh, if he, he wants to be rich, I guess. Um, but if that happens, I don't know. I don't yeah, cool. Whatever happens, happens. Awesome. How about for um, Biko with his like failed physician? Is there sort of like an end goal for him in in regards to this whole heading out on his own? Is there something that he's trying to hit for? And does he? And would you want that completed by the end of this, or at least like uh, he's on the journey through it by the end of this? Right. Um, yeah, I think ideally Biko wants to not just be a mushroom collector. He's mm-hmm. realized that physicianing isn't really going to be him. Mm-hmm. Um, he would have copped some sort of um, less than approving looks from his parents who have been in physician lines for generations, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I can still help. I can do mushroom things. But he kind of wants to make his parents proud eventually and do something a little bit more in his life, which is partly why he's going out into the world to try and find something. What that something is, he's not sure. Okay, cool. You know, if he can be heroic or something like that along the journey of whatever the main story is that we're doing, mm-hmm. that would totally uh, tick that box. And eventually one day he would like to sort of see what he's going to do with his life. He doesn't feel like mushroom collecting is the plan for the rest of his days. Mm. But currently he's quite... Um, optimistic and positive about mushroom collecting he's not kind of letting it out that actually it's not the greatest but Mm. yeah this this mushroom collecting is he looking for any specific kind of mushroom are they medicinal are they uh are they hallucinatory are they just for flavor like what is he looking for yeah so they're all medicinal to to help his family physicianing sort of business yeah um and i guess Many of them would be common in around the city from where he grew up and that you can harvest most of them from there. But the more rarer ones for, you know, serious conditions, um, you have to sort of travel further afield too. Mm. Uh, some would just be in a different city, so you just go to a different city and you buy the thing. Um, but potentially there are ones even more rare that you'd have to harvest yourself in 
the deep wilderness type thing you know mm. the um the x mushroom that is super rare that has extra sort of healing properties which mm-hmm. even finding one of those would be quite noteworthy for him and um does he have like a, a book of of mushrooms and stuff or is it just all in his mind or uh yeah thanks for um reminding me mm-hmm. so um what fueled his failure in positioning is he hates reading um, so any <laughs> book he just detests uh and this is because the first written language that he learned was physician's, physician's script oh so like so like thieves can't writes, yeah, this, instead okay. of thieves can't so for a rogue it's physician's script um and he's been growing up with his family with written in this terrible format and he just hates reading anything so but he can read physician script that's really good it, and yeah. he'll he'll read it if he has to, yeah, and yeah. you know, if there is extra, you know, explanatory text, he's going to skip all that. He just detests the whole thing. So, yeah, um, he remembers a lot of stuff and is quite good with uh, practical parts of medicine. So, you know, muscle stretches and you know, knowing that different bones are connected to different things, mm. he can kind of have that in his mind. But if it's in a book, he didn't learn it. Yeah, I like the idea that, like, for rogues, right, the whole idea of Thieves' Cant is that things can be written secretly that most people can't understand, but the rogues can. It might be a hint for, like, oh, go to under the bridge for whatever. And, uh, but for, for, I don't know why. <laughs> so, <laughs> just a quick, just under the bridge. Yeah, you're good to go. But with the positions. <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> With physician script, I feel like it's all just going to be like health-based notes that have been placed about, um, the, which is also probably under the bridge for other things as well. Yeah, <laughs> one other thing that might not happen till later on is the the rogue potentially has some sort of poisoning um, abilities, right? Uh, mm. And this would be uh, Biko's attempt at health potions, which just go really badly because he he didn't study any of the health potions, so. Um, some of these he remembers went poorly and will potentially learn them as a sort of a poison later on. Okay. Um, at, at level one, he's pretty naff at most things. Mm. Um, 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 Meganus Twitch in the chat said, Thieves Can't is or was, you know, like a real thing that's sort of more like hieroglyphs. But that's kind of like what most physicians' handwriting is like anyway, right? It's hard to read. Yeah. So it's basically just going to be like doctor's handwriting and you just, everyone else won't be able to read it but you'll be able to read it which is awesome i think that's cool um uh love joy are there any sort of character arcs or things that you'd want us to touch on or is it just like a go with the flow um concept for this one um i think mostly go with the flow and like i said at the start kind of stumbling into heroic acts rather than like relentlessly pursuing them or Mm -hmm. any need to make a name for himself yeah i quite like the idea of him being like an accidental hero or finding himself at the center of something much bigger than him mm. or his life. Okay, cool. Uh, sweet. What else do we have in here? Um, oh, so one, one of the notes uh, and it came out, this is a tough one cause it's to do with role play, right? Which is um, taking like serious things seriously. So what, what, what I mean by that is like, there's quite often very easy for something major to happen. Um, and then you're like, uh, you know, someone close to you has just died or someone that you've been traveling with is, is injured or in some way. And it's just, it's just like a, whatever. It's just like, oh, well, uh, let's just, 
loot the body or something like that. You know, like, uh, is there, um, is there, uh, what, how is it written here? It's really easy to just shrug off life and death situation, uh, situations, but what's the point of playing if you treat it all like nothing matters? So I think we did a good job of, of really touching on serious moments in Curse of Strahd. Um, so I'm not sure, I th- what do you, how do you guys feel about how we play that? that kind of stuff are you happy how it's been played out in the past yeah i think so but um yeah you don't actually want it to go too far the other way Mm -hmm. right you don't want to be like oh someone's died and now i've spent the rest of the session mourning them yeah you know yeah but you need to you can't just blow it off but you need to maybe maybe we have like a time skip or something like uh yeah two hours later or something yeah yeah cool i think in general it ended up pretty good for that kind of stuff, I think there were some situations where it might have just been a role play thing. I think I think uh, there were moments probably earlier on with getting dicey where it was just oh a thing happened or someone died and just like just move on uh, real quickly. Or yeah, I don't. I think I think uh, I think you guys did really well in Curse of Strahd for that. So I don't know. Yeah, especially like I remember the great things with Morley, you know, uh, with uh, Irena. That was all role-played straight, you know, or mm. quite Bill, strongly. Bill was a master of it. Bill, did you say? Yeah, Bill was really good at those quite poignant moments. Mm. Yep. Actually, everyone was, really. But American was great as well, so. Yeah. Absolutely. I think yeah. I think we often gave stuff, you know, a moment to, to sink in, but mm. there were definitely the odd occasion where perhaps we didn't treat something with the reverence. It, I don't mean the revenance, just to be... <laughs> throwback yeah. there were revenants yeah um that deserve i don't know it's hard to be on all the time and i don't yes. want yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't want it to be like everyone's you know expected to turn in an oscar winning grief-stricken performance but yeah we'll, I mean, so we'll it's also way the, too bogged down in the moment it's the opposite as well for if something exciting happens for the characters like say for example uh you go into this beautifully magical um area that you've never seen anything the likes of before and you're just like all right, where should we should we head north? It's just like you know what I mean. Like it is like me in real life, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, go to some amazing city. And yeah. just go to McDonald's. Yeah. But like I said, I th- for me, I think in general it was it was uh, it was fine. I, I hit what I wanted out of out of it for the most part. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? But yeah. um, I mean, I mean, if maybe we can have a way of saying, okay, look, if you want it to be like more um, more inspiring or something. Maybe, you know, mm. just say like, oh, we won't rush over this part. You know, this is like a, a you know, a life-changing event for a character or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's be clear, clear about that. Um, and I yeah, want you guys to kind of decide those Sometimes might things. not pick up on the cues. Yeah, and I'd like you guys to decide. I think there's going to be a lot of me passing the baton over to you guys for, for a lot of this, which I want to try and play with as well. So it's like... Uh, I want you to tell me if this is an important thing for your character instead of me trying to convince you that it's important for your character, if that makes sense. If um, we go into a room, I might kind of describe the basics of it, but I want you to tell me what's in this room this time, um, if that if that kind of makes sense. If there's anything important of note, then I can, I'll obviously let you know of those things. But in general, I'm happy for you to sort of tell me what fills this room up, what takes your character's eye 
Um, and it can be whatever. And I know when it comes to using maps in Roll20, um, you can kind of just look at the map and go, oh, what I see on the map is all that exists in the room. Um, but that doesn't have to be the case. doesn't yeah. at all have to be the case. Um, if you guys, instead of saying to me, oh, is there a candle on that uh, bookshelf that I can take? Just tell me that you take the candle off the book. Because it's like, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's fine. Uh, as long as it's not, I take the um, thing that the plus six sword off the wall. It's like, mm, that, <laughs> that wasn't there. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I want to say yes as much as possible, basically. Um, right. Like uh, if someone, you're fighting someone, you, just, you reach down and pull the rug out. Yeah. from under their feet but you've yeah. never actually described that there's a rug there. yeah and i and i don't want to because i didn't make a note that this room had a rug or not i don't want to be like oh no this room doesn't have a rug i was like there mm. may not or be you a swing rug. from a chandelier or you, um, <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. there may not be a rug throw in, in a cavern in somewhere, the jungle mm-hmm. but yeah 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 <laughs> so as long there's as vines or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I just don't want to say no to stuff. I think right. I, f- I feel I, I don't think I've said no to many things, but I feel like there were moments where I stuck a little too closely to descriptions that I was given instead of just just being open to, to whatever. It sounds good. Yeah. Cool. Rule of cool. Yeah, 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 pretty much. I like it. Um, one big point for me, <laughs> and it's, it wasn't a, I wouldn't say it's a frustration because it was it was it was more of a um, Something that occurred because of how long the campaign was, which is the, um, why are we even here? So if we can take notes uh, along the journey, I don't think this one's <laughs> going to be hugely long. Um, but yeah, feel free to take notes along the way and answer other people's questions and stuff. Um, it was only because like Curse yes. of Stride was like three years long. And that thing, it's a labyrinth <laughs> things, as well. Things kept popping up from like session nine when we were at like oh, yeah, session yeah. 70 something. So it made sense that things were uh, forgotten um, and I should have the answers for most. It makes things. sense that why I kept forgetting that while we were going to Mount Gakis though, <laughs> the, literally the previous, previous fucking session we've been talking about the dead sister. Uh, where are you going? <laughs> um, that was the that was the best example of it, wasn't it? When well, I was doing the same thing in the Amber Temple. It's like, why are we in the Amber Temple? Yeah. Like, I've climbed this giant fucking mount to get here. So, but yeah, it's because it's there's so much in that book. That was it was massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this one won't be I'm three. Really years. A, I I really struggle to take written notes during okay. the campaign. Um, I can, I honestly like. If session zero is all about being absolutely honest and upfront, mm-hmm. like I can't see myself writing stuff down when okay. I'm playing a, a role playing game, but I do think like my my memory was pretty good in Curse of Strad. All things mm-hmm. sometimes I ham yeah. ham stuff up, but like like the why are we even here? Like that became a running joke. But yeah, it's not like yeah, I, yeah. you know most of the time I genuinely forgot why the fuck we were even. You know, <laughs> or who's this guy Strad you keep talking about? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Just not really a. A note taker. No, like I said, I, I don't mind if only one person takes notes. I just don't want to be the person that has to keep answering all mm. of the questions ten times, the same question like, again and again. Um, and th- that only happened a few times, but it's uh, it's enough to be just like someone should be taking notes. So designate someone who's uh, going to take notes. And I and look, I understand it's hard to f- like uh, if we're going to be playing every Monday for months, and it's what it looks like it's going to be. Um, it's hard to be on for the entire two hours every week. So I understand if you miss stuff and don't be afraid to ask stuff, but um, if you ask, yeah. 
try not to ask again. Because <laughs> <laughs> being up front, my memory in real life is bad, but quite happy to take notes. Um, and quite happy for you to use a little uh, when it's something important that I potentially need to write down. And I'm I, oh, look, I'm making it sound more um, um, important than it really is. Like, I'm not going to just go, you well. You do need a siren. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be like, well, you've <laughs> forgotten, <laughs> so <laughs> your character doesn't know anymore. I'll, I'll totally give you the answers. Because just, yeah, just because you don't remember it doesn't mean your character wouldn't, if that makes sense. So You're not going to be a yeah, dick, but to you don't want us to make you... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Furious. Yeah. Um, Respect yeah. the campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you got again, you guys normally do as well. Um, what are there any no goes for for you guys? Things you don't want us to touch on at all? Well, I think I mean there's plenty of stuff that I don't really want to get into and you're just he's describing them as <laughs> probably yeah. worse than anything that would even come up in the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there's the typical no bringing up references from 30, 40 years ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's one of them. <laughs> no detective show years, references. Yeah. <laughs> like, the premise is we're here to play D&D and have fun. Yeah. That should shape a bunch of it, right? Rather than, right, there's some mm. horrible stuff I've found on the internet. Let's not talk about that. We need a picture of this. I don't want this to come up. And then you get the thing and then... Yeah, don't talk about that either. Yeah, yeah. So, I think we all understand yes. that there's like some very, very obvious topics that we never want to touch on when it comes to D&D. But are there some less obvious ones, I guess? Do you guys have phobias uh, or balloons and you're like, can't have balloons in this one? Oh, volcanoes? I oh, hate shit. those. Okay. Well, <laughs> fuck. All right. Mushrooms. <laughs> I never want to hear about any kind of fungi. <laughs> Dwarves. Um, so some of the examples we've had there is like uh, threatening innocent NPCs, stealing from party members into party uh, conflict, romancing uh, right. other player characters, uh-huh. characters just going off on their own. Are there things that we just don't want to? Oh, these are good examples. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really good. I was, yeah, okay. So something that's maybe not so much a topic, but such as something you just don't want to have. It's a play style, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Just don't Contrarian. be contrarian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think we should all um, aim to be uh, a group, a friendly group that helps each other out. Mm. That would be good. I mean, one thing we butted up against a bunch in Curse of Stride was how we make decisions as a group. Yeah, um, good point. Almost wanting to be too polite and then <laughs> not not really getting anywhere and then maybe over-indexing the other way and being like, well, let's just fucking do this then. And then one person feeling like, oh, well, hang on. I thought we would cross that bridge and we weren't going to do that. Mm. Uh, it's a hard sure. thing. As soon as you play, as soon as you've got multiple people with different people's opinions, there's always going to be some moments where um, maybe one person doesn't want to do the thing that the others do or the uh, vice versa. The person with the loudest voice wants to do something and the others don't. So, um, yeah, it's just making sure we know how to deal with that when that comes up. Um, the other, yeah, and like you're saying, the other thing mm-hmm. is like everyone being like, oh, I don't, I don't want to say what I want to do because then I'm the first to talk and uh, well, maybe that's not the thing. I don't want to step on other people's toes. Um, how do we want to deal with yeah, that? Yeah, and you do want to have some room to be impulsive as well, right? Should we um, use um, a system from World of Warcraft? Like, you know, when you get an item, you can need or greed. So, like, you really need this. Like, Biko sees this mushroom and he really wants to collect it. And you can kind of convey your character's importance on a thing. Like, 
this is really important to, to Beaker, but if there is money, well, sure, Beaker will take the money, but it potentially might be a need for that guy. <laughs> yes, that sounds good. Yep. Okay, I like that. Maybe how important it is to follow a course of action or something to your character. Yeah, I like it. Mm. I think that's that might be the thing that was missing is, is um, people were quick to offer something to do or a direction for something but didn't voice the importance or the reasoning behind picking that choice so that could be yeah that could be awesome um magnus twitch in the chat said looking up rules mid combat is a big one that's um i don't mind that too much because you know i i definitely don't know all the rules i guess the only thing i can take away from that that i would suggest is know your characters if you're going to be um picking a specific skills or spells to just look at them before you before you um, just whip it out for the first time because I think there was quite a lot of situations where a spell um, we were dealing with a spell and as we were reading it out we were realizing okay that's not going to be for it or we would do it and then um, a repercussion from that spell would occur that maybe the player hadn't thought about or I overruled um, and it led to bad things uh, or someone you know plays a character and for two thirds of it they didn't realize they had a specific like uh, skill. So, <laughs> not, not to yeah. make it personal, of course. <laughs> I just said someone. I just said someone. Yeah. yeah. Um, it suddenly became really powerful. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, that, that's good. Because I, I, I won't know your character's skills and spells as well as you should know, yeah. I guess, is the thing. I will just take your and guys' I, word for it in general until I see, like, chat going, that's not how that spell works. And I'm like, oh, let's take a look into the spell. It's spells mostly that does it, isn't it? Spells. Yes, because yeah, yeah. they are written like lawyer speak. Sometimes. Everything in D&D is. Yeah. Mm. Lucky I'm a sorcerer this time. That won't be cropping up much at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think last yeah, time I no, had like two skills. spells to remember and I constantly got them wrong. <laughs> so this should be good. Um, yeah, they say in the chat says, uh, I've got a rule in my game. Uh, if you don't know how an ability works on your turn, then you can't use it. It's no no looking it up then and there. That's an, that's an interesting one. I think you get like a, maybe you get that once or twice. Yeah, I'd say if you completely don't know how to do it at all. Yeah, yeah. Then, yeah. You can, but if you've got it slightly wrong, mm. then that's you, and you've tried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd still work through it. Yeah, that was actually something I really enjoyed about the last campaign is having like John pipe up and be like, "Oh, it's actually this or whatever." Like learning more about the game from like mm. your fellow players. That was really good. Mm. Yeah, John's got, uh, is a bit of an encyclopedia like for for the D and D stuff. We're going to be missing that this uh, campaign. He's like that in fighting games as well. It's maximizing I you just damage. need a new. <laughs> And you would say knowledge. I'll send, I'll send you the uh, player's handbook there, Adam. You can commit it to I've memory. Already got it. You wouldn't know, but uh, I've had it for years. Um, here's, a, here's an interesting question. Are there any behaviours that count as a strike towards someone being asked to leave? <laughs> Look, honestly, Probably I think... the opposite. If you did the opposite of what everyone else wants to do all the time... Yeah. That might might be a bit just of a, working against the party, yeah. Wearing people down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't see this occurring, considering the last campaign was like three years and 
the last half went pretty smoothly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most of, them, most of it went yeah. smoothly. Um, uh, general agreement to just yes and. So attempting to make your character an <laughs> edgelord that says no to plot points. Uh, but really, it just slows the game down and takes away from interesting plot. Um, Sorry, what was that one? Basically just saying yes to, to stuff. So if someone suggests something, not just going, no, because I would rather do this. It's like, how can you say yes to what they've suggested while also maybe adjusting it to make it so your character is happy to go along with it for whatever reason? Gotcha. And you can do no buts. No buts. Hmm. Yeah. No, you can go no but, and it's still pretty much the same thing. I'd rather it? a yes but. <laughs> Yes, but they don't teach you no button theater sports. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe they should. Oh my god, look at that boat over there. There's no boat over there, but there is a train. I would say, uh, yeah, yeah. You could, you could, you acknowledge that there is a boat there, but you. That's um, the yes part. No. All <laughs> oh, right. Yes, boat. No, train. <laughs> <laughs> You can tell I'm an expert. I yeah, you've done this before, Shannon. Studied theatre sports <laughs> for many years. <laughs> Sorry, what's your example? <laughs> is this, so someone yeah, no. <laughs> yes, you know, but yes, there is a boat, but train. there actually isn't. No, no, there is a boat, but it's on the uh, back of a train. It's on fire. Yeah, there's yeah. It's fire. Let's get on the train. Train, which is my idea. <laughs> yes. Okay. No. Your no but sounds a lot like a yes and. I will say that. <laughs> yes, but. No, no. But what's the opposite where you just disagree? Um, no what, and. What would no. be a good example of like in D&D being like, oh, my character. That, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, so like my character um, grabs your hand and leads you into this room. Oh, no, I, I wouldn't do that. Like, no, my character just stays completely with our. Oh, it's completely gotcha. inconsequential. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or being like, um, oh, could someone open this door? Like, I'm not I'm not strong enough. Can you get in there with your strength and knock that door? And just being like, mm, let's look for a window. It's just like, okay, well, you could go and Yeah, look my for character a window, decides but... not to help at all. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Even though they would do that every other time until you asked. <laughs> I didn't use the word please, so my character just wets himself. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, not to take things personally. If someone's rude to your character, you have to separate that from real life. I, I don't know where that one came up. I don't know uh, what led to that. Rule What's that one? What was um, that? Basically just the rule of trying not to take things personally. If someone is rude to your character, try and separate that. Don't take that feeling on yourself. Uh, yeah. Yeah, although we need to... I think that works if you both are in on it. Yes. From before it even happens, like yeah. say, "Hey, my character is going to do this. And he's going to, you know, how do you feel about that?" And the other player would be like, "Yeah, that's cool. Let's go with that." <clears throat> mm. And once you've done that enough times, you build up some typical responses or actions. Mm. But if you just bust it out and your character is a dick to the other character all of a sudden, and you, and it doesn't really flow on from anything else. That's when someone would get annoyed, wouldn't it? Mm. Mm. Like American seasons, you know, like we knew that when she was in that winter mode, she was colder and harsher. Mm. Yeah, yes. that was kind of just like a no-one. Yeah. It wasn't a, Yes. Yeah, okay, cool. <clears throat> um, 
This is a great list, by the way. So many things to talk about in advance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, yeah. there's a lot of things that I'm not bringing up because I think they were very specific to a very certain point in getting Dicey's history. Oh. So some I'm just yeah. I'm just ignoring. Um, okay. <laughs> if you want to help, uh, raise a hand. DM will try to see. In other words, if you if someone's talking and they're trying to do something like. Uh, attack someone or do something or um, try to solve a puzzle by doing something. If you are like, oh, my character could help, if you want to like join in in some way, just raise your hand and I'll see, uh, other than like trying to talk over uh, someone. And that just makes, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And that just, I think with um, any of the sort of online meetings and using video conferencing, it's very easy to talk over people and. Um, and miss the chance so I think we're all in a pretty good habit of if someone else is doing something just raising your hand and I can make sure that I can bring you into that moment as well so I'll be keeping an eye out for that um, we're getting close to the end of the list here um, metagaming just an agreement not well this is going to be easy because it says agreement not to look up plot points well there's no book for you guys to, to there's no plot have. there's no plot um, <laughs> Uh, not to look up plot points, characters, and monsters. If you know about monsters beforehand, just don't tell your character. That's fair. I like that. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah, so you guys might have come across characters personally, but your characters may not have. Um, so that means if you well, know that a certain yes. a certain character is weak to fire damage um, and you guys are just like, hey, I know this is a guy. Everyone just use fire on this guy even though it's your character's first time stumbling upon him, that might be a bit strange. A little bit of metagaming. Just mm-hmm. going to stay away from that. Uh, but it's a trust system, so I'll trust you guys not to do that. Um, oh, we had something, again, this was something that we brought in for a specific thing. And I like the idea of it, but I don't see us needing it, which was something that Shannon introduced me to, which is the Chaos uh, Hero System. So that means basically oh, yeah. if your PC crosses, your, your character crosses uh, a line too many times, starts being a little bit... Um, chaotic or, or more evil if they uh, cross that line too many times they become an NPC controlled by me basically it's like uh, you don't know what your, your character is just frustrating everybody we're rally goodbye kind of thing you're murdering children you're walking into a room and murdering all the children or something like that yeah not That's doing heroic an evil things. point yeah yeah the, I mean it's not just like a, a slightly annoying or you know you you're actually doing uh yeah. your character's being evil and it's just a bummer for most other players which, which i really again like i said i think a lot of these points were written at a very specific point in getting dicey history which i don't think we need a lot of it now um so just the, one point for murdering a room of children okay? <laughs> <laughs> and you can and you can get that back you can do a really good thing and then the point oh, goes yeah ajax <laughs> <laughs> a lot of bleach Scott Watson um, but I think the main it all just comes back down to the main rule of just don't be a dick mm. if everyone thinks that what you did Damn was it. a dick move then it was a dick move just say sorry and, and move on it's just like simple as that really yeah and I think maybe people need to be clearish as like quite clear and mm. say like I don't like that you know can we go back 10 minutes and, <laughs> and yeah, do that or yeah, something. Yeah, I'm totally happy for that kind of stuff to occur. I'm also Potentially, like, I don't see that actually happening, but... Nah. Um, my DMs are always open if you guys have a, uh, an issue with uh, how I'm running things or if I'm doing certain things that might annoy you. Um, and we're all adults, so if you are happy to 
go to each other if something comes up, then please do. If you're not comfortable doing that, then just come to me and I'll do my best to listen and try and sort stuff out. Um, yeah, but I think that's kind of the main list of rules. Do you guys have any questions about, like, the campaign? Just before we go into questions about the campaign, sure. one other thing I'd be keen to cover in Session Zero is um, our timekeeping start, finish, how we get into it. So last time I felt like we, we always started at 7.30, but we talked for ages. And, like, mm. obviously it was super enjoyable, but if we're starting at 8, I'd be pretty keen to just start at 8 and, like, get into it quite rapidly. Cool. Um, and I'd also be quite keen on, like, a like a hard stop that we agree on. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, early mornings, some of us got kids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So are we happy just 8 o'clock till 10 o'clock? 10 is the, is the cutoff then? I am. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. That works for me. And I... I'm I'm with you. It'd be nice to um, get as much D and D in as we can. Yeah, because I, yeah. I it's it is nice to, um, and we always get on a roll with chatting or something. Yeah, but if we can just go boom, does um, D and D land? Who wants to be in uh, charge of like making sure our sort of mid break is a bit more adhered to? Because with only if we're only doing eight till ten, we've got even less time than mm. we normally do, right? So we want to make sure yeah. that, that that break in the middle doesn't go on for twenty minutes like it us- usually does. Yeah, I'd, I'd even be happy to call that like a five minute break at the halfway point. Like, oh, we do call it a five, five minute minutes. break, but yeah, I know that's the time we spent it. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and but like five minutes is enough time to go to the toilet or get a drink or yeah, you know, quickly pop out and do something and back. So. So okay, maybe maybe that's the first thing. Are we happy for a five minute break, or we or do we want a ten minute break? What do what do you guys what do you guys gravitate more towards? Because I can do either. So if you guys are happy to fit whatever yeah, you need to fit in five minutes, we can do five minutes. Once if I start like my camera starts flashing, then that's time to go back. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> we can do that. Okay, cool. We'll do a hard five minute break. Uh, Anything else? Anything else that you guys would like to touch on that I haven't already touched on? Mm. How um, how long uh, is your expectations for this campaign? Obviously, we're not going to do three years. We don't want to do three years. I get that. And we won't. We're not going to drag out a five, a level five campaign or one to five out over three years. Um, but I do. It would be good to know what you guys are keen on. Do you want this wrapped up in like before Christmas? Yeah. Yep. And then we'll do another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pretty easy, like okay. to be honest. Like, a, a year is probably like it's a long time to dedicate to you know, doing something every Monday night. And there'll be there'll be Mondays that we can't make it right. Absolutely, like, yeah. It's yeah. gonna be the odd Monday where someone's sick, and with only with only three players this time, that might be more of an impact than last mm. time, where one person was away and there was you know four, five yeah. of us times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as an idea to float, potentially the end of this year could be a point regardless. So chapter one finishes or part one or whatever, so that there is a, we did a thing, we got to a point and yeah. then a thing, and then potentially the whole thing is already done or part two or something in a different slot. So there is a kind of a, def- a definite, we made it, we got through X, mm. whatever X is, and we can kind of travel up from there perhaps. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, yeah, I think I we could get this done in like 20, 25 sessions, I think would be about what I'm sort of aiming for. I think that'd be about right. Our Lost Mine campaign was like 37 um, and that took us a, a, about a year. So I'd like it. I'd like to have it yeah. wrapped up before Christmas or, you know, wrapped up in time for Christmas. I think this time 
We'd be more decisive as well, right? Because I think most of the, well, maybe half the time is us uh, chatting before it starts, mm. you know? And then while we're playing, we're like, oh, should we do this? Should we do that? You know? And we have like an average of one room per session. Mm. And then we have, you know, quite a big break in the middle and stuff like that. We chatting get stuff done. But... Hello, hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All that, like all all the the modern stuff. Took up a lot of time. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I think we'll probably be. This is something that Sig was really good at: is moving things along mm-hmm. by opening the door, you know, and, and something yeah, yeah. then happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think something uh, to note this time is just don't be afraid to be decisive. Um, yeah, if you want to do something, just, I mean. just, just yeah. throw it out there. Just do it. And if if people are specifically against it, um, great. Then that might lead to a conversation. I just don't want. 10 minutes going over like sometimes we would do like 50 minutes going over a specific plan over and over and over just to try and get everyone on the same path um and it it doesn't need i don't think that needs to happen i think uh, maybe maybe people felt a bit more because of the size of curse of stride that um and how intense curse of stride was that you know any wrong move could lead to something horrific i guess there's the the thing is is uh Trust me that I, I'm, I'm not, I, I want to uh, lead you guys down a, a fun path. Uh, you know, I'm going to take you down. So there's no wrong thing that you can do. I will try to do it. Under the bridge. <laughs> Just under the bridge. Uh, yeah. Trust that I will try and make it good feel. That just sounds worse. <laughs> <laughs> no, no I, I get what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that maybe that leads on to like, how do you feel about player death? Because we've got to be explaining all of this stuff and agreeing to everything, and then next session is TPK. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> had, I think I'm okay. I played enough characters that it would be pretty bummer if I died, but um, I don't mm. want to be overly cautious. Yeah. Uh, what would happen? Would we have another character come in? or So... When it came to character death in Curse of Strahd, right? In the back of my mind, there was always very much the chance and risk of you guys dying. But I'd always, without letting you guys in on it, there was always going to be ways for your characters to come back in the same sort of way that Merican came back towards the end. You know, there was literally an angel living in the land that had a revived spell. You know, there was ways for you to come back. Um... <laughs> So with this one, I don't know if there's that specific uh, thing that's really that I want to build in this time. Your characters, if you guys are happy for them to be able to die, then yeah, they'll be able to die. It's, there's that risk, right? Especially at the lower levels. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want it to feel like there is... Surely you want risk, right? You want to feel like um, a wrong step. Could, Bubble could, boy. That's what we want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I guess this is the difference between like old um, D&D and new D&D. Yeah. The old one was more about game mechanics and really trying to survive and play those, roll those dice all the time. And the mm. new one is more about an overarching story and we know that there's an end to it. It's not just a dungeon. Mm. There's an it's adventure. Not a, yeah, in the old ones it wasn't plot. about how does your character know everyone and what's their, like, how do they fit in with the adventure? It's just... Yeah, there's Game a bit of that, but it's end. obviously more of that now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it could just be 
trust the DM to sort of weigh that impact as it works, right? For example, if we're all level one and someone crit fails, kind of like stepping over a log, if they insta-die, well, eh, that potentially is one ramification. But if they you know, take a ballista to the forehead in the middle of battle because they ran into it, well, then you know, maybe yeah, that does yeah. deserve death. And I, I think, Reagan, you've had enough experience and can call that and you kind of have to have that power given to the dm to do that as you dictate right mm. because otherwise you're not a dm if you can't control the the world that we are living in so i mm. i think just however you have you want to roll it dude yeah yeah okay because i'm i'm i yeah. want you guys to feel like you could lose your characters i think there's the nothing's as meaningful if you just, or if, if you think your character's invulnerable, you're just going to run into battle without any kind of strategy, right? You're just going to run and go, we can't die, so this is easy. So, yeah, I would say maybe have a backup character then. Maybe maybe it would be good just to have another character in the back of your mind just in case. Especially for something okay. that's a little shorter, since this isn't going to be a three-year campaign, right? No? Cool. Maybe? Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Would, it, would, the, would the rating of it go um, treat your... your character's life as if it's a life yeah yeah pretty much but also i mean the thing obviously then you get that kind of thing is like well would my character even run into battle or would they just run away crying <laughs> yeah. you know so it's uh, yeah there is like a they wouldn't leave home <laughs> yeah, i think it should be hard to die but not impossible yeah 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 i think we're on the same page i think adventure though right we're gonna yeah risk a bit of risk taking mm, mm, yeah i mean in the end you guys do have like spells and skills and abilities and stuff that your average commoner wouldn't have so yeah if you said there's a chasm over there and i was like well i'm gonna jump across the chasm and you're like it's gonna come down to the roll of a dice do you still want to do it and i was like yes because it's gonna look awesome if i do it and then i failed i'd be like fuck well i wouldn't yeah. expect you to be stepping in to be like but luckily, at the most, last moment, you grab onto a, a branch like your fucking Scooby Doo or something. <laughs> Did Scooby Doo do that <laughs> constantly? It's a classic Scooby move. Yeah, um, I think, okay. I think if it was a situation like that. I think I just need to make sure that you guys are aware of how hard something is. So if you're like, I want to do this yeah. jump over the chasm, I'd be like, Well, you need to roll a seventeen. And yeah, if you're like, say it's a life or death thing. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, I've got yeah, and it's life or death. If you miss you guys gone and you're like i've got a negative one let's go <laughs> <Be right Yeah. laughs> yeah, yeah. it's more like a wily coyote yeah. down the chasm coyote. <laughs> um okay cool yeah. any any other questions i've got a question yeah um what's the thoughts around uh inter-character chat outside of character so would I say, uh, my character says this, but then I talk in my voice, and then your character talks in their voice, but you talk as a human, or like how do how do we want to do that? Um, I think it's I think how you did Sig was a, a great sort of way to go forward. No one was ever like my character says and then puts on a voice and says it. They were just like say it. Like as soon as we there's um, so I. Adam, for example, he would use his voice, his character's voice, anytime he was in character, and anytime he was just talking to the group out of like, hey, can we just talk about something? He just uses normal voice. So, depends. It's purely situational, right? All about context. Um, if you want to continue like- talking in your character, though, like if you want to have moments mm. where your character is like having a moment and wanting to talk through something, 
then that's awesome as well. I would love. I like the idea of talking through the strategy of something as your characters. Gotcha. Thanks. But it's um, you know, like there's no hard and fast rule for it. Basically, play however you want to play and see what f- works best for you. I guess. Yeah. Um, okay. Does the chat have any questions about the campaign, or have we not touched on something that we should have talked about? Or is everyone gone? Everyone's gone, I think. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I know we've still got people there. No, it's okay. They're never coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, okay, cool. Oh, well, I've gone through sort of my list of stuff. I'm pretty confident that it'll be just a, a good, good campaign. Good campaign with some good players, so I'm pretty happy. Couldn't quite convince Joe to jump in. I, I, looked, I tried, but, you know, it is what Keep it trying. is. Keep trying. <laughs> Keep Every trying. Day, just say, you know what? It's either join join the campaign or we're getting a divorce. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Everyone loves an ultimatum. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, um, yeah, I'll have, yeah, I might do that. I'll do that. Ponder just, that just relationship advice from me, Dr. Love. <laughs> <laughs> I love trying. Um, Joe's in the chat. She said, Joe is a chatter now. She's in the chat at the moment. Uh, I'm going to miss Joe because her role play was top notch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's not my strength in playing, but I like to see it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I'm not going to miss Joe because she's going to come back. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to miss her for a very short time. Yeah. Maybe when she sees what fun we're all having, she'll be like, I want to be a part of that. And we'll welcome her back with open arms. She can be just someone else who was convinced to leave you guys in the um, uh, the woods, but she's felt felt guilty and come back to find oh, you. Yeah. There yeah. we go. We've got it all figured out for you, Joe. Yeah. So good. <laughs> or she was only slightly better than us, and they ended up dropping her off the next morning. <laughs> yeah, she could be like, like a slowly losing a woodworker or something. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, well, I think I, I think, think she was a player space robot. Is that what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are those? What is it like a Warforged? She wants to definitely yeah. play a Warforged. Yeah, yeah. Warforged. <laughs> uh, she says kind words and also many threats. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the carrot and the stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, before we call it, uh, effectively, your characters have been. Traveling with this merchant group for for a wee while. You've been traveling east across uh, Faerun. I haven't figured out the exact place on the map for that yet, but you've been traveling east, and there's like a, this moment um, where you've noticed some sort of chattering amongst the group, and the group decides as a whole to just move off the path, just head north away from the main road, just to do some foraging and and resupply some certain herbs and um, see if there's a river nearby we can top up some water and stuff like that. And um, they also, uh, maybe, it's been maybe an hour of travel off this road. You're going way further into the forest than you might think you'd need to go, that your group would need to go to do this foraging and um Suddenly there's sort of talk about maybe this would be a good place in the middle of this forest to just call it a night, uh, which is weird because it's like three in the afternoon. So it's very strange. Um, but there's drinking involved and uh, chatter involved and everyone's having a good time and the night sort of slips away. Mm-hmm.